T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uniqueness of Dom, I do feel like, has been shattered a little bit as the years have gone on it's just not as unique to see a guy maybe not, i mean maybe he moves more than other people but i just don't think it shakes uh you know tj dillashaw kind of stole that style a little bit uh cody garbrand a little bit everybody kind of watched dominic do that thing and we saw cody outshine dominic cruz with that same kind of style too uh with the with the movement so um I just don't think Henry was shook by it. You know, he just kind of went straight forth with it, um, and 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 went at Dom's legs, which look have been a propensity to 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 get injured. So why not? You know, go to the to the to the, to the root of his problems. But you know, just didn't seem shook by it at all. Didn't really uh, look for the takedowns or anything like that. It was just kind of this one flat out uh, run, and it did seem like Dom was getting a little bit of his. Uh, range going in the second round, but then they had a nasty clash of heads. Um, Cejudo was cut open. The they 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 go back going, and I don't know if it's just a case of urgency because Cejudo was cut, so maybe he was feeling it. But um, he bull rushed. He hit him with this really close range knee to the head, and I mean Dom Dom was hurt bad. Uh, he hit him with a nice right hand, followed it up. And then was hit him with some shots, and Keith Peterson uh, stopped the fight. You know, stopped the fight. Uh, Dom pops right back up, and you know a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, bad stoppage, bad stoppage." Dom looks good. This is always tough—a tough thing with the referees because, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying with um, last with with, uh, with what Herb did stopping the stopping the Tony Ferguson thing is like, you know, it's a thankless job. Uh, you know. But you don't want like if the guy always had to be unconscious when they make the decision, it's not it, you're not really protecting him from himself. And with this case of Dominic Cruz, he's getting eleven unanswered shots, and Keith Peterson's looking at him. He's on the floor, and it's kind of hard to see where momentum's going. Maybe the body is responding a little bit, but if he doesn't step in there, does Henry Cejudo hit him with another knee and it flatlines him? You know. Like they're not all obvious, like the uh, the heavyweight fight that we'll get to, obviously between Engano and Rosenstrike, where a dude's dead up against the fence. And so, while I feel for Dominic Cruz um, because maybe he wasn't completely put out, and and now Cejudo's had a couple of these on his resume where he beat T.J. Dillashaw, and people question was it too fast, or you know, he. But but you know, one of the things with T with Henry is like. He, it's not like these are coming out of nowhere. These aren't like, uh, 
you know, this isn't Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler where it's just like, oh, I thought the guy was unconscious and he clearly was was just laying there or just was just there resting or anything like that. Yeah, Dom was getting Dom was getting the business put on him. He really was. And so while it sucks for him because it's four years out and you know he's in a championship fight. Um I also just don't think he did himself any favor, so I really can't take anything away. Other big story that came out of this was uh, Henry Cejudo retired. He says he's done fighting. He's done everything there is to do. He's 32 years old, and, uh, you know, he's ready to wrap it up. There was some – apparently Joe Rogan says that he had heard some things, and DC said he heard some things in regards to he wanting to get paid more. Um, You know, he's done this whole Triple C thing, and – you know, best combat sports athlete of all time, the king of cringe and all that type of stuff. I do think this is what I think with the Henry Cejudo thing with the whole king of cringe. I, I do think in in ways, I think it helped him with, you know, the niche mixed martial arts media and all that type of stuff. But I don't think it's one that really got him over as a star. And I, and I think that for him, it's funny, you know, they, they had a, uh, they had this performance tonight. Uh, they had a, they honored George St. Pierre tonight. Uh, he's going to be going to the Hall of Fame. And I really think that, you know, you think about how far people have come. And I think that uh, you think about this guy bouncing back from the Mighty Mouse loss that he had and where he got to um, and just how well-rounded he is. I mean, the wrestling, he's got a gold medal in wrestling. Um and the type of way he's finishing people for a guy of his size uh, and good strikers too, Dominic Cruz, Marlon Marais, uh, you know, TJ Dillashaw. These are guys he's, he's stopping. And you think of that resume and you think like you should, it's like one of those things where I don't, I think the King of cringe thing was just almost a miss for him because you're almost being so goofy. You forget about how much of a, a good fighter the guy is or just just what his resume has put forth and so do i believe that he that he that he retired i don't even know like because he's he's like such a hacky wwe guy where people are trying to i guess boom i don't like i don't get it and i guess maybe that's the point i just like it's a big whiff for me with whatever henry cejudo is trying to do to get himself over or get himself booed or whatever it's supposed to be um because I feel like his resume is just one of those where this dude is is like the all American hero, you know, all American hero. Also, is uh, you know Latin American and you know could speak, you know, could cross over markets, and you know is an Olympic champion, and is a two division champion, and is finishing legends and all that. Like he just he just doesn't need the goofy gimmick, you know, like. It's kind of like Colby Covington, like Colby Covington with the uh, with the MAGA stuff and and the Donald Trump stuff. It's like you knew he was going in a specific lane to just get hated, but Colby also just didn't have the the resume quite yet. Like this Triple C thing and this King, it kind of just came out of like a- after he already had the big wins, and it's like you dethroned Mighty Mouse, you beat T.J. Dillashaw, you beat. Uh, you know, Marlon Rice become a two division champion. It's like, do you really need all of this? So I don't even know. Is like, is 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 the retirement legit? I, n- nobody on social media, myself included, thinks it is. I'm like, no effing way. You know, John Jones is like, sounds like a contract play to me. 
Uh, and he's not the only fighter to say that. I just, yeah, I don't buy it. I, I think we'll see Henry Zahudo in a year's time. Maybe he wants some time off. I know he did have a long layoff and, and got shoulder surgery, but I do think that as good as he is, um, this whole King of Cringe thing was like a, a weird misstep because, man, if you just sometimes I step back at these guys, like I look at a Colby Covington with how good a fighter he is. And I look at a guy like Henderson and I'm like, man, I know that it does get you noticed in some ways. And I do think with, with Colby, it certainly got him enough uh, hate from other fighters, even people at his own gym. Like he, it's a guy who's like lived the gimmick where people are like, Oh no, no, no. He's not really like that. And then they're kind of just like that. Nah, F that guy. He's still saying that. Um, but when he steps in the cage, the dude's a really, really good fighter. Um, same thing with Henry. It's like, I, all right, you know, can't cringe, cool. Like, so are you really retired? Is this a gimmick? I don't know. Dana White did say that they're going to have a uh, bantamweight. Uh, they're going to have a bantamweight uh, fight, title fight coming up. They're going to figure it out this week. It's going to be a Peter Jan uh, against uh, somebody, as I believe was his quote. I would guess Aljamain Sterling. I would guess. Um, but we don't know for sure. Um, but I do think it's a bummer because now not only do you have flyweight, which, uh, which Henry vacated up in the air because of, uh, uh, the last one, um, you know, ending with the winner who, who missed weight. God, what the hell was the dude's name? It escapes me right now. Um, shows you about the flyweights, but now you're in a position where now 135, you got to kind of figure out and 135, I thought was kind of humming a couple of years ago, but now. Uh, Henry leaves, you know, maybe that'll be enough to get him a new contract if he wants, or maybe he really is retiring. Who knows? Um, so there's that. Now let's get to the, the fight. The dude who I think, uh, no question, I think, uh, made himself the biggest star of the night. And that was Francis Ngannou. And, uh, we had, uh, we had John Anik on this week during fight week. And he was uh, he was adamant. He's like, if we get a belt uh, around France and Gano, you're talking about like an uber uber star for the UFC. You know, so who's the next star of the UFC? Who's going to be the next breakout guy? France and Gano is he's like he's like an Avenger. <laughs> he he looks he's a cartoon come to life. Like that's. That's the kind of scary this guy is when he steps into that cage. And I, look, I gave a lot of respect to Jarzino Rosenstrike for taking this fight, for calling out, for taking out this fight, for calling out this fight. And, you know, we had Rosenstrike on, and he said that he was going to knock him out for sure. Look, like, came out with a little bit of kickboxing, and, you know, maybe it bothered Ngannou, maybe it didn't, but, like, Ngannou was like, F that and just started throwing nuclear bombs at Rosenstrike. A, 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 a haymaker basically landed right on his chin and he was out, out. And he's at that point where he's just got some of these cartoonish knockouts, Overeem and uh, Rosenstrike's on the menu and Cain Velasquez busting them up. You know, he's just got these freak knockouts. And again, it kind of goes, like I said, this was kind of the theme of the night of all these guys who maybe bit off a little bit more than they could chew early on in their careers. 
and you kind of write him off. You write off of Justin Gaethje. You're like, nah, dude's a World Series of Fighter. World Series of Fighting champion. He ain't a UFC champion. Henry Cejudo, ah, he's all right, but not good enough to beat Don, uh, Demetrius Johnson. And Nganu, like another guy who had that freak knockout against Francis Nganu and I mean, against Alistair Overeem, excuse me, and uh, has the match against Stipe and just gets outclassed. Now, in, in, in getting outclassed, Stipe has not sounded the same as a human being when he talks since fighting Francis Ngannou, but had that fight, you know, and then kind of was thrown under the bus by Dana White, you know, was seen as a guy who had Mr. Ego, you know, uh, wasn't, wasn't, uh, falling in line with all that stuff. So, you know, he's kind of getting written off by the company, which was really getting behind him and saw the star potential of obviously what he could be. Then he had the Derek Lewis fight, atrocious fight. Uh, not that he got like humiliated, but like just, not, you know, we were all licking our chops like, ah, oh, this is, that's how you come back. And it was terrible. And he admitted to being shook, being shaken in that fight. And you just think about what the guy has turned himself into from that and, and, and going on the run that he's gone on to get back to where he is now. Um, just speaks to, to a great level of character from him. And you got to give him all the props to the world. And I hope that the same thing is going to be true of, of Jarzinho, that I think that, that guy won four straight last year, and he took a home run cut to get to the top and called out France Ngannou. It was a crazy move, bit off more than he could chew probably, um, and got beaten 20 seconds by UFC Drago. But I hope that this isn't written off that, oh, well, that dude was a flash in the pan. No, man, like this is a guy who comes from a country where there is no fight background. Basically, it's like him and Tyrone Spong. Those are the only guys from Sudanam who fight. Um, so it's very new to their culture. And he's got the burden of being kind of the face of that for a nation. So I hope that he takes what Francis did, what Cejudo did, what Justin Gaethje did, and run with it. I hope that you know nobody boxes him in and says, this is what you are now. You are... Um, you are this, this, uh, this, this one hit wonder, this one year wonder, if you will. Um, I hope that, uh, that's not the case for Rosenstrike because I think he's got a lot of potential, but for Francis, look, uh, they got to figure out what's going on with Stipe and DC. Uh, it was one of the things that like, we talked about in our titles, not wanting a fake championship and the move that Gaethje pulled. But the difference with this is, and I told you this when, uh, I talked to Rosenstrike is, the reason I agreed with this being an interim championship fight is because similar to what you have with now in the bantamweight division, I do think it's going to be a problem if DC goes and beats Stipe and that's it for DC and he retires. Like, where do you go from there? So I, I, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, if 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 Cormier ends up winning, you know, is he going to be, you know, he was, they were joking back and forth with John and a guy, you want, you want a piece of him? You don't want a piece of him? You know, I, I don't think DC's scared of, of Rosen, of, uh, I don't think he's scared of Francis Ngannou, but he's, you know, he's been talking about retirement forever now. And, you know, Stipe's already beat him. <laughs> you know, if you're Stipe Miocic and you're going to beat Daniel Cormier, like, honestly, if you're Miocic, what's left for you? 
you've beat you you beat the holy hell out of Francis and look man just listen to his interview you don't sound the same you want you really want to go out there again and take on the guy and see if you can get through another 25 minutes without getting bombarded again I mean I hope the money's right I hope it's real right for Stipe um so that's all I was thinking like if you were gonna if if any fight deserved an interim title certainly Tony deserved to fight for a title because he was showing up and cutting weight twice in three weeks and all that stuff crazy person um but this one I thought made sense because I do think there's genuine question marks with where the division stands. And with that being the case, those are, those are the times where I think interim titles really are appropriate. So that's, uh, th- those, are, those are some of the monsters out of UFC 249 and, and the big headlines out of last night. Greg Hardy ended up getting a win. Uh, Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens was awesome. Awesome fight. Calvin Cater got a, a vicious, vicious win over Jeremy Stevens. Greg Hardy uh, uh, against Jorgen DeCastro. Not, you know, not the fight you'll remember the most out of this. But, look, Greg Hardy is uh, continuing to get wins. Um, you know, my only thing with Greg Hardy has been, and, and he certainly got a lot of respect with what he did with the Volkov thing. You know, the only thing I've always said with Greg Hardy is um, with the star, like, with all the controversy that it was actually a weird thing with Greg Hardy tonight because he didn't have any crowd reaction uh, at all with it. So it kind of wasn't even like a thing to think about what the Greg Hardy reaction is. But, you know, he's always going to be in those prominent spots. Pay-per-view card, co-main on a fight night, all that type of stuff. Um, but I really just don't feel like we've seen like that highlight. We haven't had a Francis Ngannou moment with Greg Hardy since he was on Contender Series. And I think a lot of people thought when he did what he did to Austin Lane in the Contender Series, we were going to get that all the time with, with, uh, with, with Greg Hardy, and I don't think that's really been the case. So, um, yeah, that's really – I don't have much on it as far as is he going to be a contender. I still think he's got a long, long way to go. Um, I do think he, he was taking on an injured opponent tonight too. But, uh, but he does trudge on. Look, his record is now 6-2. and two. One of those losses is uh, – a disqualification and one of those losses is to a top 10 opponent. So, um, you know, he's doing what he should do for a guy who hasn't been in the game that long. So it's, it, I, it's not one of these nights where I want to take a lot of credit away from, from Greg Hardy for sure. Um, but yeah, that's our recap. That's uh, that's UFC 249, everybody. So we come back, we got some news as far as bare knuckle fighting is concerned. Shannon, the cannon Brig, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, obviously making a splash this week. And Shannon the Cannon Briggs, uh, could we have a, a thriller in Brown's Villa, as it's been dubbed on the internet? We'll talk about that coming up next. The combat world went crazy this week because Mike Tyson, he released some footage of himself training. He was hitting pads uh, with, uh, with, with, uh, with one of his trainers, and he looked like a beast. Uh, he looks like he's lost a lot of weight. And, you know, in boxing, we just can't help ourselves. We love nostalgia, combat sports. We love nostalgia. We love the old guys coming back. You know, Bellator has made it a bedrock of their organization now for the last five years or so. Um, People love the comeback fight. People romanticize about George Foreman coming back and winning the heavyweight title, Randy Couture, all that type of stuff. It it really is something that's just always tied in, the comeback fight. Guys retiring. When people, people joke about fighters retiring. So Mike Tyson... Um, looks good, especially I think if you've seen Mike Tyson in post in, in post boxing life, you know he's you know been a bit overweight and and all that type of stuff. But now is is actually looking pretty fantastic. Look like he's looks like he's getting himself into good shape and still looks ferocious. And these videos have come out before where he is 
done some shadow boxing and he's gone out and, and shown some movement. He's still got it. He's Mike Tyson. You know, he's still still one of the most most uh, ferocious uh, ferocious beings to ever throw punches for a living. And um, this was getting some legit buzz. There was a rugby people in Australia wanted to offer Mike Tyson a million dollars to fight a rugby guy. I don't know how bad how much you're gonna, how lucky you're going to be to get Mike Tyson in the ring for a million dollars, but. You're talking crazy money, silly money. I think we could actually talk about Mike Tyson actually making it happen. And he has talked about wanting to do some exhibition stuff, things like that. Evander Holyfield came out this week and said he's doing something like that, that he is uh, getting himself into shape, and he wants to fight like three, four-round exhibitions. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is going to do this now uh, you know, throughout his career where he's going to be fighting fights that aren't professional, don't count towards his record. Um, but... This did get a little bit of legitimate buzz this week because uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, BKFC, they, uh, they're they a company that has big aspirations. They, they think of themselves as they want to be the next UFC. They want to be the thing that's taken over the planet. And look, I've been to a couple of Bare Knuckle events. I've been to Dada 5000's card. I've been to BKFC. I like things about both of them. I think both of them could definitely use some improvement in some areas as well. But, you know, a lot of the thing it's going to take to to get a sport, a combat sport off the ground is you do need to get recognizable names. So a report came out that they had offered Mike Tyson $20 million to to fight in bare knuckle. And a lot of people scoffed at this. Is this just a thing for attention? Is this just a uh, is this just a maneuver to uh, to get some headlines at BKFC or is it legit now? BKFC's got some dough behind it. Like, make no mistake, they've been throwing some good money behind some things. So it's not like they're uh, it's not like they're completely hurting. I think they've done they've they've had a good model and they've got some some stuff squirreled away for some dough. But um, twenty million is a lot of money, and if you're guaranteeing that to Mike Tyson, the parameters where they guarantee him twenty million and he can pick his opponent. So you know, got him some headlines for the day. People started buzzing. Would Mike Tyson fight bare knuckle? Would people be into it? We did a poll on. Uh, on my morning show, Tobin and Leroy, which you guys can hear every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. And people, I want to say it was like 70% of the fans said that they would be into watching Mike Tyson fight bare knuckle fighting. That That is a uh, that is something they would tune into. 72% of our audience said, said uh, they would buy a Mike Tyson bare knuckle pay-per-view. But, you know, the idea that he's... You know, there's a couple of things here with BKFC. Like, the idea that he was going to pick his opponent. It could be anybody on the roster. Anybody they have under contract. Um, That's fine. I mean, yeah, I guess the, the point is to to watch Mike Tyson go and, and be Mike Tyson in the ring again. But, you know, I think it does... If you're going to do it, I feel like if you're, if you're BKFC, if you're going to do it, do it. Like, go out there and actual... And make an actual fight. And so, you know, many, many of you know from this show, and we've covered is that, and we've and we've talked to the gentleman, uh, Shannon the Cannon Briggs, great friend of the show. He had a he has an agreement with BKFC that he was gonna return. Now, Shannon Briggs, Mike Tyson, they're both from Brownsville, Brooklyn, both former heavyweight champions of the world. Um, Mike obviously having a much more iconic career boxing wise than Shannon does, but Shannon being more active more recently than Mike Tyson has been. So you know, at first it was some talk like Shannon does what he does where he's like, he's hyping up a fight and he's putting like, why don't we do Vladimir Klitschko, uh, Vladimir Klitschko versus Shannon Briggs, Holyfield versus Mike Tyson, a whole BKFC night. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, I think that idea was probably sprung on by Shannon's boy, Dean Watto. Shout out to the, uh, Dean Watto on uh, Instagram. Go follow him, everybody. He's got a fantastic Instagram fighting account. But 
you know, eventually, as the day went on, some a tweet came out from a David Feldman Twitter account. Now, that is the president of BKFC, and it had said something to the effect of, uh, let me get the exact wording of it. It was a tweet from David Feldman, and it said, I would like to announce that both Shannon Briggs and Mike Tyson have agreed to fight each other in the main event of BKFC 12, which I think is going to be their next one in June. It's probably going to be down here, uh, most likely in a, in a, in a non-audience show. And internet goes crazy, gets a ton of retweets, a ton. Like I'm talking over a thousand. And Shannon sees this, uh, and 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 like is 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 dope. People are into it. People are putting on fake fake movie posters, uh, fake fight posters. Excuse me, where it's uh, the thriller in Brownsville Zilla, like you know, uh, in Brownsville, like it's uh, it's uh, you know, people are making a cool thing out of it, and it would be a very cool matchup, but. It goes on later on that day. Now, this thing gets a ton of retweets. It gets retweeted not only by this, but there's that Twitter account, Boxing Kingdom, which is kind of a... Uh, I don't know if you guys know the, the 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 Twitter account, NBA Central. It's become very popular on uh, on Twitter. Basically, they just take everybody's reports and they tweet it out as, it's, as if it's their own. Boxing Kingdom is the same thing, but they got like 90,000 followers. So this account blew up. This, this, this thing from David Feldman, this fake David Feldman account blew up. And... Uh, Ended up getting to the point where the BKFC account had to deny it, and that uh, that the not only did they have to deny it, but David Feldman's actual Twitter account had to deny it. He's not very active on Twitter. He only has like 300 followers. So when you when you look at what happened there, this thing kind of took off like a firestorm. Now a couple things happened. So one, the the bare knuckle the bare knuckle uh, arena is not very well known. You know, like th- this isn't like they don't have like a Kevin Ioli or they don't have an Ariel Helwani. They don't have a go-to person who is the media source for bare knuckle. Like, so when you see some guy who's got the same profile, uh, the same name, and basically just flipped a couple, a couple of letters again, and this this fake account, what it was was basically just a troll account. It was just a guy who just switched his name. So. It ended up being like some guy who's like who's like a Twitter handle is like McGregor Rousey, and just switched his name to David Feldman. It's not that hard to do if you don't have a blue check mark. There's really no consequences to doing it. Like for example, like if I if I were to switch my name, if I were to switch my name from Brendan Tobin to Adam Schefter, but I spell my M with two N's, uh, the one thing you would know with my name is my blue check mark would go away. So I wouldn't do that. But if you don't have a blue check mark, like you change it willy nilly, you could change it to you know uh, I like punches in the face uh, at at uh, at bare knuckles the best at whatever, and so it's easy if the person you need to fake doesn't have a verified account. Now, mind you, people can fake verified accounts. People get fake woged all the time. People get fake sheftered all the time. It's not that hard to troll on the internet. Um, people do it a lot, and people are very good at it. They put the same profile pic. They make the name look the same. All you need is for the right person to not look fast enough. And if they retweet you, boom, it catches like wildfire. So, you know, this real David Feldman in the bare knuckle account, I guess if I had to guess, Mike Tyson got word of this and probably wasn't thrilled that he was now in a fight with uh, with Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Uh, Shannon the Cannon sees it. Now, Shannon apparently ha- had an agreement with bare knuckle. So 
if he's finding out that he's fighting Mike Tyson, I'm sure he's jolly good happy because that's a big-time fight for Shannon Briggs. He's been looking for a big-time fight now for the better part of a decade. So we're talking a monster against a guy he idolized in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Why is he not going to sign up for that? And how does he know what David Feldman's Twitter account is actually? You know, David Feldman has 300, again, 300 Twitter followers. So this isn't like a Dana White or uh, or some commissioner that has a massive social media following. It's just too murky. People don't know. Uh, it just takes the right account to to tweet things in the in the in a different direction. So, look, uh, it ended up not being true, uh, and and David Feldman ended up being uh, you know having to come out and deny it, throw some cold water on it. I will say though, here's the thing about it. You know, you may not, uh, you know, it may have ended up being fake news, and it may have ended up being something where people, uh, you know, you had to go and deny it. I- I'll tell you right now, as far as bare knuckles concerned. If you want a a showstopper, go get Mike Tyson versus Shannon Briggs. Like the people are into it. Like you're seeing Dillian White tweet about it. You're seeing all kinds uh Jarrell Miller. You're seeing all kinds of boxing guys and people in the community be like, yeah, if we're gonna like if you're gonna have Mike Tyson come back, all right, and you want some attention in the fight community, don't just have Mike Tyson come back to come back. All right. Yes, he'll get headlines and yes, it'll be cool. But if you're gonna have him come back, have him fight another ex-boxer, two guys who have been pretty inactive, guys from the same area, guys who can promote a fight, guys who can actually make it entertaining, captivating, people talking about it. Um, but you know Shannon could be a great foil for this. I mean, you you know a guy who went and chased Vladimir Klitschko on a wakeboard and knocked him off. I mean, the guy plays the perfect heel uh, if you want Mike Tyson to be his baby face. Or you know Mike Tyson has been plenty of time to heal in his career as well. So... This idea where you should just say, oh, no, 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 it's not true. I get you. Like, maybe it's not true and you got to deny it. But, like, to just close shop on it, I think that's stupid. I think that this should be absolutely a target fight for BKFC. And if you want to talk about something that could be like, you know, your Kimbo Slice versus Ken Shamrock, if you will, which was for Bellator or, you know, one of uh, or your landmark fight that could really get the eyeballs on the sport. This is it for you. I mean, like if you're going to go and make a maneuver um, and you're like, oh, well, we're going to pay Shannon, you know, tw- you know, we're going to pay Mike Tyson $20 million. We have to pay Shannon Briggs. Like maybe you got to pay him more. Maybe you got to play. I don't know. But uh, maybe you got maybe he's got to play fight what his contract is. I imagine whatever it is, though, if he's going to be in a Mike Tyson fight, I'm sure it could be monster for his sponsorships or whatever. Um, and not only that. That, I think, is going to get you the most legit amount of pay-per-view buys of people wanting to fork over their money to watch a fight. You can go see Mike Tyson fight a schlub, um, and you could go see him fight just whomever on the BKFC roster. That's fine. I mean, you could go, you could go watch a squash match, or you could watch a fantasy matchup. You know, People in, 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 in professional wrestling, they'd love the squash, ma- squash match where you know Andre the Giant would come and beat a guy in three seconds. Yeah, sure, that's fine. But what's better? Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. You know, like that's that the, the the dream matchups, the fantasy scenarios, those are the ones that people really, really get captivated for. So I don't know what the future holds for for BKFC and, and the negotiations on this, but I can tell you that people are into this fight. I mean, I can tell you as a person who consumes fighting on a daily basis and, and, and is in touch with the fan base and knows what people are into, this is something that they would be into. And I think the boxing community would get behind it. I think that would help them a lot. Um, I think the MMA community will be behind it as well because you have the MMA element to uh, to to this. They're both just 
monster personalities. You have an uber, uber star in Mike Tyson coming back, and he's actually fighting somebody that people have heard of. Um, I just think it's a home run from, from my standpoint. Now, the, I, I mean, the, the big obstacle here is would Tyson want to do it? Um, the question, I mean, look, do you want, if you're Mike Tyson, do you want to just go fight some dude who's you've never heard of before and, and the possibility that you lose? Like maybe he gets, you know, Seth Petrozelli, like he just gets, he just gets completely clipped and that could happen in the midst of fighting. He hasn't been in the ring in forever. Or if you go and beat a fight, do, if you feel good about your training and you legit are going in there and competing, do you go and, and try and do it against somebody who is, you know, with hand skill set, a guy that you know can throw punches? Um, I think if you're, I think if you're weighing the risk reward, first of all, your reward is twenty million dollars. You're coming back, and it's going to be an insane payday if if that is legit, which I do believe it is. Um, but the risk isn't that bad. Like you're losing to a guy who was heavyweight champ of the world and is younger than you. If you lose to somebody nobody's ever heard of, then it becomes a sad story. You know what I mean? Like there's no shame in Mike Tyson coming back for $20 million and losing to Shannon the Cannon Briggs. There is if he loses to Redneck Brawler or Hillbilly Jim or whoever they got going out there. You know, I mean, look, if he does it against somebody legit like Hector Lombard, okay. But, you know, at that point, do you want to fight a guy like Hector Lombard or do you want to fight a guy like uh, like Shannon Briggs? I mean, what at that point, if you're, my, if, if you're BKFC, wouldn't you just rather him fight the more famous guy or the, the matchup that's going to do better? And I love, and look, this is coming as a guy who loves both of those individuals who have given a lot of time to the show. Um, but you could just, you could just, some things are a marketing home run. And Mike Tyson versus Shannon Briggs is a marketing home run. Um, I think Mike Tyson's bare knuckle or fight return, whoever gets that business is going to do good business. But if you already have one piece under the tent in Shannon Briggs, you already have a piece of the circus. You go and you go yourself this uh this this uh this this crazy extra act of Mike Tyson to come in there. Now you got Ringland Brothers, man. Like you have a crazy, crazy uh event that I think could be the biggest combat event really of the season. I mean, outside of I guess maybe McGregor taking on Khabib again or you know, Canelo Triple G. You know, I think you would you have Mike Tyson's return in a combat sporting event against a guy in his same age range. That will promote the hell out of the fight. Um, I think that's the go-to move. I don't say Mike Tyson, you get to fight whoever you want. I say I'm giving you twenty million dollars. You have to take on a guy who's, you know, f- how old is Shannon? 40, 48? 48 years old. He's forty-eight years old. It's not like you're going in there and you're going taking on a thirty-six-year-old Shannon Briggs. He's forty-eight years old. Forty-eight years old. He's been out of action for five years. This isn't a. This isn't like you're throwing Mike Tyson to the wolves. If a Mike Tyson is in shape. It's better that he fights somebody in his age range than a some schlub we've never heard of, some young lion from BKFC we've never heard of, or uh, or a or a former UFC Bellator champion and Hector Lombard. It's just it just matches up better. It just it just speaks better to the fight and what you're actually trying to do here, which I imagine is getting eyeballs on your sport to get some longevity to go out there. And I think that this could be one of those ones that really turns into like the combat event of the year. And you have it for, you know, $22 million, $23 million, whatever it is. But I imagine that, you know, if you have Mike Tyson in a, in a match that people are into, that's going to be big box office.
big box office. You probably ideally would want to do it with fans. I would, I would, I would grant you that. But as far as pay per view is concerned, it would be an absolute, an absolute home run. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 